everyone. Welcome to That's the Spirit, the podcast where the SOAS Spirit editorial team sits down and discusses our favorite articles in our most recent issue. My name is Maliha Shoaib and I'm this year's managing editor. I'm joined by my two co-editors-in-chief, Louisa Johnson and Abdul Basid. And for this episode, we're going to be talking through issue 14, which was released on December 7th, 2020. Stay tuned because we'll be joined by some special guests. But before we get into all that, first a bit about us. So I've been working with the Spirit all three years of my degree. I'm a final year student studying English and world philosophies. Um, In my first year, I was a fashion column writer. And then in my second year, I was promoted to co-editor-in-chief. And now in my final year, I've become managing editor. Uh, My aims for the Spirit this year is to really open up our, both our readership and our pool of writers to a more diverse, reflective group of people that really reflects the diversity we have at SOAS. So that's what my main goal is this year and with the hopes of opening up the BME gap within the media industry in the future. My name is Basith and I'm doing my third year in economics and international relations and I'm the co-editor-in-chief this year. This is my second year with the SOAS Spirit. Um, The first year I was the opinions editor and this year I've been promoted to co-editor-in-chief. I suppose my sort of overarching aim for this year would be to foster an increased consciousness and like an aura of debate on the issues that affect us on and off campus, really. I'm Louisa. I'm the other co-editor-in-chief. I am a MA student. This is my second year of a part-time MA doing global creative and cultural industries. And I'm a spirit newbie in that I was not working on uh, any part of the editorial team last year, but... I am this year, so (laughs) my aims this year revolve around expanding the SOAS media in the form of our podcast, which you're listening to now. So this is our first podcast of the year. Last time around last year, we tried to get a podcast up and running and we got a couple episodes out and we were really hoping to start a media hub with the SOAS radio and collaborate with them to like Louisa said, uh, really expand our media coverage. Uh, So this is our first podcast of the year, but it's our second issue of the year. So how are we all feeling about this issue? So I suppose I like uh, the most exciting bit about this issue is that we are covering some of the same stories that we did in the last issue and they've evolved since then. So there's this one particular um, geopolitical happening in Central Asia right now between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And in this issue, we are covering how this sort of problem has been resolved with a ceasefire, but then there are so many problems um, along those lines as well. And then we have a couple of news articles on on that topic. Just one of the few um, things that we've covered again as an evolution of the stories that we did last time around. What about you, Louisa? Uh, Last issue, I was really impressed with our sports and societies and features section. I think we have a lot of great article ideas going about. So I'm really excited also for this issue because I think we've continued that. Yeah, you're right. We've definitely seen a lot of interesting and out-of-the-box content, which is great to see. And I guess for me, what I'm most excited about is going into this year with obviously the pandemic and everything being online, I was both disappointed and nervous about the fact that we'd be running the paper remotely. But I was really, really pleasantly surprised by the efforts of both our editorial team and our writers. It's just been amazing to see how smoothly everything has gone, uh, especially since first issue tends to be a bit of a mess. And we didn't really have any major hiccups, which is great to see. 
So first up, we're going to tackle all the news articles. We have three subsections. We have SOAS News, which is edited by Francis Picklehow. We have National News, which is edited by Fakhria M. Suleiman. And International News, which is edited by Josh Mock. And we're lucky enough to be joined today by Pickle for this discussion. So Pickle, do you want to summarize the articles that are in this section for us? Yeah, sure. So SOAS News focuses on all that's current and newsworthy at SOAS and within the SOAS community. Um, so for this issue specifically, we've got three articles. Um, the first is that the student union is facing a, a reduction in their funding from the close of the student union bar, uh, their merch store, and also the SU shop. Um, and that's been written by the lovely Kat Brown. And we've got a cool angle on that, that 70% of the student union's commercial income is lost there. And we got to speak to sources from the student union to verify that. Um, our writer Kat also got in contact with some of the bar staff to find out how their contracts were renewed or not renewed, which was an interesting scoop there. Another article we've got is the cuts in the transformation and change policy, which cut canteen staff. That's been written by Lara Gibbs. Um, and she did an incredible story. When I first pitched this to her, I thought it would be so cool and really powerful if she could get in touch with any of the staff that faced uh, the cuts in the closure of the cafeteria. And she managed to reach out and contact a couple of staff members and did an interview with one who says some powerful comments on how people's livelihoods have been affected by the transformation and change process. And then she also went and did some photography herself socially distanced, of course, at the campus and produce some really gorgeous portraits that'll be on the front cover. Uh, and then the last story we've got um, was written by Malia, if you know her, and it's the student support schemes at SOAS. So obviously with COVID and also winter approaching, a lot of students will need support academically, but also importantly for their mental health. So that article really explores some of the schemes available that have already been available, but also more that are specifically trying to target those students. Um, and so hopefully as well, that'll be a great piece that students can read and actually be able to access those schemes if they haven't already, I think is an interesting aspect to the reporting we do under SOAS News is that it's not all heavily critical of SOAS uh, and that hopefully the reporting we do with this article will get students to access the schemes they wouldn't have. So it's that a different kind of news reporting we're doing there. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the articles we've got for this issue. Yeah, I really love what you've done with the section pickle. I wasn't hugely involved in investigative reporting in the past, but I really loved what you've done with the section and how engaging the the exclusive news is. And as SOAS's main news source, it is really important that we're doing this sort of reporting when it comes to SOAS issues, because we are the main source that people come to when they have either criticisms of SOAS or questions about SOAS. So yeah, I'm really excited for SOAS news this issue. Yeah, it's a really exciting aspect to think about. When I first got the role, that was something that was quite prominent in my mind was that we are the people who break news to SOAS students and we can monopolize 
news, especially in a time like this when we don't have access to the campus. Students will be relying on us to provide them with the current affairs at the school, which is such a cool and powerful position to be in. So to do some of the reporting, which is very challenging with the distance and everything being online, but being able to do some of that reporting that goes down a deeper level and break news to SOAS students is such a cool thing. I'm obsessed with this section. I feel very lucky to be the editor of it. Yeah, exactly. It's so rewarding to see how also how our reporting kind of brings together the SOAS community. Yeah, definitely. I think your section's like really important as well because rumors fly around SOAS and we definitely need reliable articles to tell us what we can believe and what we can't believe. So I think that's why I'm personally very invested in SOAS news, this this issue and this year in general. I'm very proud of the fact that we do take the reporting seriously and that a couple times now we've been faced by an issue of whether our reporting is accurate or not. And as a team, we have really pushed to only report the information that we are sure is accurate while still breaking the news. And I'm really glad as well that we've got a senior executive team that I can just go to and message and get that feedback and advice. Because I think if I did it on my own, we'd be taking risks but I'm really proud that we stick to some of those core rules that make independent journalism what it is, despite the fact that we're a student newspaper. You know, it's cool to take that seriously and see the rewards paid off as well. That is true. But I think in particular, uh, what I'm looking forward to in this issue is what uh, Francis was talking about with regards to the photo on the cover. And I think uh, the old adage that a photo is worth a thousand words is so true here as well, because you can really see in the portrait how things have changed and the profound effect that this sort of shift in uh, school policy is having on real people. Uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners would have read it by the time that they listen to this. And if they have not, then I would urge them to go and read our cover story. Great, now we're going to go on to our opinion articles. We had so many hot takes in issue 14, all coordinated by our section editor, Anna Fenton-Jones, who is here with us today. So Anna, do you want to take us through this section? Hi. Um, Yeah, we've had a really great section this issue. Um, As always with opinion, people come to me with their issues they feel particularly strongly about, so often I don't have to do much pitching, and often we get some very passionate articles come out of it. I've had six pieces for this issue. I've had a piece by Samia Medjid about Muslim Pro and the American security apparatus. She was talking about the recent revelations that Muslim Pro, a popular prayer app, has been selling its data to third-party contractors who then pass their data on to the U.S. military. Um, in her piece, she talks about how often, you know, the U.S. uses the excuse that they're trying to tackle homegrown terrorism when it wants to uh, harvest the data of its Muslim population. Um, and she points out that a lot of the times this leads to absolutely no reduction in terrorist uh, activity. And often it's just a way to spy on your citizens. We have another article by Veronica Kruper, which is about how the anti-abortion laws 
in Poland, have seen lots of protests all over the world. She speaks to protesters based in London about how we should really take it as a warning and considering our own judicial process in the UK and how easily these rights can be eroded if we're not careful. We also have an article by Millie Glaister. Uh, Millie wrote an article for last edition of The Spirit about the transform and change process. And she's just updating us in this opinion piece about who she thinks the transform and change process really benefits. Uh, it's a very damning piece um, about how uh, the people who are losing out in the transform and change process are fractionals and people who are most vulnerable within the SARS community. We have another piece by Diva Sina. Uh, she explores whether Corbyn's reinstatement back into the Labour Party is furthering uh, an acceptance for anti-Semitism. She talks about how the process of uh, him being expelled from the party and then reinstated appears to be quite messy. Lots of different groups have been fighting over this and there doesn't seem to be a very strong stance from Labour about how they're going to go forward and tackle anti-Semitism. Uh, we have an article by Kat Brown about public art and its role in society, uh, whether it can ever be good or not. This is the context for this is the Mary Wollstonecraft statue that was just erected in London, had lots of negative press. Kat argues that um, that's not really the point of public art and that it shouldn't be made to please everyone. Our last article is by Javier Vidal Cano. Uh, he was talking about the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Trade Pact that's just been finalised and how it will help many countries in Southeast Asian region, such as Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, that were devastated by the collapse of international demand and logistics networks this year. I think uh, opinion is very interesting uh, for this issue. I was particularly interested by the article by Millie discussing the the cuts in SOAS and the implications that that has on the SOAS community. I think as we were discussing, I love the SOAS news section, but it obviously is a news section and it relays quite hard news impartially. And it's nice to have a look at an opinion piece on the same sort of topics that we've already discussed. It's kind of like a peek behind the emotion behind that, that goes behind some of these pieces that we write. Yeah, I think it really captures the mood at SOAS, especially since we're not there. Yeah, I think it's a real insight into the departments and how difficult it's been for them to shoulder the burden of these cuts and make decisions uh, to get rid of people who really shouldn't be losing their jobs at this point in time. Definitely. It also just tends to add a lot of depth to a certain topic when we have news articles and opinion articles that go together and even just seeing the range of the opinion section of this issue, it's really great to see how many different topics we have, you know, from British politics to university politics. It's great. Yeah, I always learn so much from editing the opinion pieces because people come to me with things they're particularly passionate about that they know lots about. Uh, Samia's piece about Muslim pro is something I hadn't really been following at all. Um, and she really she really manages to encapsulate the history of really insidious um, data collection by the US military. Yeah, that was another one that I think is quite a, a cautionary tale. If you're someone who's interested in global digital cultures, then that's definitely the article for you. And on the subject of caution, I think what's happening in Poland as well, it um, truly encapsulates the horror that a lot of people, a lot of EU citizens, I'm sure, must be feeling. That how can a supposedly advanced organization allow this to happen within its own structure uh, we can see I, mean, I think we see all of us every year millions of pounds and euros spent by the eu on advancing women's rights in third world countries whilst allowing poland to revoke such a 
seminal right for, for women. Um, it's really quite a travesty and I quite look forward to reading this article. Yeah, Veronica has lots of um, experience uh, with the protesting group as well. So she has a real insight into how shocked they all were to find out that this was happening um, in in what she says. Yeah, is a, is a post-Soviet country that's meant to be embracing modernity, embracing sort of like a European vision um, and actually is, is really going backwards in its in its record on rights. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. That was great to hear all about opinion from Anna. It looks like we have some great opinion articles this issue. So now let's look at features, which is edited by Ella Dorn. Uh, Louise is going to be covering this section. She oversees the feature section. So which topic did we cover in this issue, Louisa? Um, features is a little bit different in that we namely have uh, some quite interactive pieces this, this issue. So we have a word search. Um, which talks about the different ways you can get involved besides voting in your political systems. But it's a more engaging way to read that kind of information. We also have a linguistics puzzle put together by our features editor, Ella Dorn, which is something fun that you can take part in. And we also have a recipe for potato and leek soup. So if you're looking for something warm and comforting as we approach these cold winter months, that's the article for you. Um, I'm also really excited about the um, Hong Kong piece. It looks a little bit behind the scenes into the situation these past few months in Hong Kong. Uh, also from the perspective of an outsider, so it's somebody touring Hong Kong. So if you're someone who's unfamiliar with that situation, it's a pretty accessible piece for you. Whether or not I have the skills to carry out the linguistics puzzle is questionable, but it's great to see that, uh, like Louisa said, we have a lot more interactive elements to the paper. I, for one, I'm looking forward to the soup recipe. I really am looking for, I mean, really anything that will break the monotony here. <laughs> it's refreshing to have some articles in this issue that are less heavy, just given the circumstances that we're all facing right now. It definitely breaks up the, the spirit as a whole. Great, we can move on to culture now. So this year, our culture section is being edited by Destiny Adeyemi. And they're an amazing poet, so you can actually check out some of their work online. I actually read a dazed article that featured them. So, Basit, do you want to give us an overview of this section? So, in this issue, we have a really exciting anthology of cultural articles that I'm sure our readers are looking forward to. We have a review of an exhibition on black hair. It celebrates black culture through a narrative that is based around um, and on primarily hair and the way that it is worn by members of the black community. We also have an article on Harry Styles, and uh, who was on the cover of Vogue, and the debate that it sparks on issues of masculinity and uh, the division of gender roles, etc. And it's a really uh, proto-political debate, a very interesting article. Uh, we also have a list of inclusive uh, Christmas films, because, of course, holiday season is upon us. And then we have a really rather interesting uh, article, which really... I suppose, can be called a frame of reference on the fight against racism in the UK. And it's about responses to a Sainsbury ad over Christmas. And it really highlights the struggle that the uh, minority communities are still going through in the fight against racism in the UK. And it's just these small things that still throw open the chasms that still divide British society. Finally, we have an interesting story on bookshop.org. Uh, this really exciting and independent new online platform 
for book shoppers online, uh, serving as a reliable substitute to Amazon and its creeping tentacles in on our lives. Mm-hmm. That's culture. This issue. Yeah, we've got a really interesting selection. Like you say, a lot of the articles do really analyze that intersection between social issues and the current, you know, the winter season, Christmas. I think it will be really interesting for our readers to read. Which one are you look most looking forward to? Which one's most intriguing to you just from reading quick headlines? Absolutely my own article. <laughs> <laughs> Malia, that's a cop out. <laughs> serving. Yeah. I am quite interested in, for myself, interested in the exhibitions on black hair because I think at this time we haven't really been able to experience museums in person. So I like, I've found myself quite enjoying reading about all these artistic exhibitions and seeing how they're described and everything. That sounds, yes. I mean, that I'm looking forward to that as well. But how about the article on, on the Sainsbury ad? It really seems rather trivial, but at the same time, so important. And I think most of us forget that uh, discrimination on the basis of ethnicity and race was outlawed in the UK only in 1965. So it's not been very long, has it? And uh, it's sort of it's it's already like assumed that you know this is a problem that is faced by third world countries or perhaps our our the neighbours across the pond. But but um, this is a real issue that a lot of uh, British people face on a daily basis. I think when we talk about things like Twitter trolls, it's not often publicized the experience of that, but this really kind of highlighted the issue of like these online echo chambers and and trolling and everything else, all like that ugliness that is kind of behind closed doors or behind closed accounts has really been bubbling up to the surface with this. And last but definitely not least, we have our sports and society section, which is edited by Artemis Siani Wedderburn, who has joined us today for this discussion. So Artemis, do you want to tell us a bit about your section for issue 14? Um, For sure. So sports and societies, uh, especially in a time of COVID, so a global pandemic, it's all going online and it's very difficult to play netball online. Um, and rugby and soccer and all these sports. So societies this year, I think, have really shown their versatility and their ability to adapt, improvise and overcome adversity in the face of corona. Um, so we've got some amazing fe- um, or like baby features on societies. Uh, so you can look forward to reading about the Palestinian Society at SOAS, the Nepal Society at SOAS, and a new society, so the Uga Society, which actually goes in tandem with another piece uh, written by me that's in the same section. So you can read those next to each other and sort of get some history and also look at practical ways of actually anticipating the situation. Um, And then I'm really excited for the British Red Cross Society. They've written a brilliant piece and it's got some great relevant connections to the recent Ethiopian crisis. So it's a great way of sort of looking at, again, with the Ugyas, how you can make genuine change in the world around you for good at SOAS. And then there's also uh, another brilliant article, which um, had so much fun editing, by uh, the news editor for The Spirit, so um, Fakria M. Solomon. And this is on Russia and uh, the doping uh, scandal that's been happening in the Olympics recently. Yeah, I'm super excited to 
have read last issue and this issue as well, the pitches that you've both put forward yourself and had pitched to you, because I think that Sports and Societies has really been revolutionized this this year on the spirit, because it's just so much more political and engaging, which is exactly what you said you wanted your aims to be in the welcome meeting. And I just love that. Like it's it's typically the kind of section that a lot of people overlook. I mean, me personally, I think what's sports and societies? How can that be relevant to me? But I think you really put forward why we should care about this section and make it one of my favorites actually now. You're very kind and I'm definitely blushing. <laughs> Credit to you and all the writers who have done such a great job. No, I mean, with, without the amazing writers, there'd, there'd be no section. So. No. It's definitely that. Very, very well said. I do completely agree with Louisa on this. I, I think this year we see a tandem that exists between the Sirsports and Society section and sort of the politics or its or culture and features, I think, even to, to, to some extent, and how all of these things interact with each other in the Spirits and Society section. Uh, because we not only hear from sports societies, but also cultural um, organizations that exist at SOAS. And sometimes even how certain sports societies or the activities are impacting culture in and around SOAS. So an infinitely interesting section this year. This is definitely something that um, I'm, I'm really excited sort of to, to see it grow. And I was a bit nervous about going online. Um, but I really think that, I mean, the spirit in general has just completely embraced it and doing the most <laughs> i mean like i even said when we were discussing culture it's great to see how these social and political issues really do run through the whole newspaper and our aim at the spirit is to represent the soas students voices and really provide a platform for them to tell us their opinion and it's great that we're being able to do this throughout the whole newspaper in every single section so that's a wrap on issue 14. Thank you guys all so much for the great discussion and for the section editors for coming on. You can read our issue by visiting our website, soaspirit.co.uk. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media pages. We're at soaspirit on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we're quite active on our Instagram. You can also contact us by emailing spirit at soas.ac.uk. We love hearing from you guys and hearing your feedback and your comments. And also for anyone who's looking to contribute to our next issue, if you're a SOAS student, please keep an eye on these socials for details of our next brainstorm meeting and join our Facebook contributions page. Also, remember to subscribe to our mailing list, which you can access on our website uh, under the Write For Us section. And make sure that you don't miss our next issue release in January. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Maliha and this has been That's the Spirit. See you next time.